May the Lord bless you all and my brothers and sisters from different churches around the world. We've read in Revelation when it says that the apostles saw in visions that the nations were saved. Those nations that it says there, those nations where many hearts of men and women have uh, set their heart and prepared themselves to serve the Lord, to trust Him. And that is why it says people of many nations. I always say that the church of God will be made up with people of different nations. And that is the marvelous promise. That is why we have a job. We have a responsibility that is very great before the Lord. And it is to evangelize. Evangelize in all around the world, just as our Lord Jesus Christ gave that order to his apostles that we must evangelize the whole world, that everyone must know that there is a living God, true God, a God that lives, a God that speaks and manifests to men and women. So, brothers and sisters, I greet you all with so much warmth, my brothers and sisters, from the churches in different places, cities, countries, nations, to all a very warm greeting and also a very special greeting to the people who for the first time is with us, those who are new as well and recent. And at this time, there are some churches that are opened, but there are various restrictions in various countries, cities, depending on the country, on the government. There are restrictions and in some churches, in some temples, we have not been able to lay hands or prophesy freely as before. And that is why I ask for patience from you. But the most important thing is that you read the Bible, pray, and those who are able to go to the temple to glorify the name of the Lord go. Do not worry so much if you are not receiving prophecy frequently. For now, we are just beginning with the opening of the temples. And this is why there are many people who have not been able to receive prophecy. New people, recent people, we have told preachers that to give prophecy to those who are recent and new. I hope that the preachers have understood and are doing things this way. Here in the United States, there are many temples. We are all online. They're connected. So I greet all of you with warmth as well. And in this way, we are happy and joyful here with the Lord. Do not forget that we must evangelize the world. What a job, what a job and responsibility. And we must ask for the spiritual gifts. We must ask for the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which is the first step. And then the spiritual gifts. And then to learn a lot of doctrine, to review, to learn the Bible, and to dedicate yourself to the Lord, living a righteous, holy life, having love. Do not forget to have love. That is what we spoke about last Sunday. To have love. To have love is to not sin, to not commit sin, and to not live in sin constantly. That is what it means to have love. And today we are going to be reading a marvelous chapter. It's, it's long, but we're probably going to have to 
divided into two and we might have to continue, but it is very important that we analyze these chapters we have read many times, thousands of times. I've read it, I must have read it thousands of times in these 50 years. Those of you who have been in the church for 10, 15 years, 30 years, you might have read it thousands of times. You might say, I already knew. But from knowing to doing, there's a distance there. So what we want is to review once again, to put in practice. And to value truly what is the work of the Holy Spirit and the evangelizing work. So there are many things to clarify. The long-standing members might know it. The new people do not know it. So we must repeat, and it's very important. We will always do this. So you may be seated. You may be seated. Take a seat. Oh, and please excuse me. I am going to go into a topic but I have received emails about vaccines, about vaccination. That doesn't involve me because I'm not a doctor or a scientist. And I want to tell the brothers and sisters, these are for, this is for the brothers and sisters only. It is not for other people that when it comes to the vaccine, it doesn't give or take away anything. It doesn't make better or worse any problem, but we must submit ourselves to the rules of health, for example. The Department of Health, for example, they give out regulations and norms to people so that they may keep themselves safe health-wise, and we must not turn away from these rules. We should not become fanatics in saying, no, God is going to heal me. God is the one who's going to do everything in my life. Yes, yes, God is the one that gives. But the people of the world, since they do not understand these things, they work and science works to have medications, vitamins, whatever it may be, many different things for human beings to live happily and they are worried about that. So we are not going to be fanatics and reject the work that they do. That doesn't hurt us or put anything positive for us or negative. So people receive vaccines to not get certain flus or illnesses or like chicken pox or tetanus shot or I remember that there were always vaccines for these things. So fanatic people say, no, I'm not going to get the vaccine because God is going to heal me. And I say, yes, God will heal me. But what happens if I'm walking wrongly before the Lord? Then he's not going to heal me or he's going to leave me there in that situation and I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick because science has come up with a lot of different resources to prevent and I was negligent. So people say, no, God is going to heal us, but people believe that God is going to do this miracle to any person. No, people must live a righteous life to deserve the mercy of God and the blessings of God. God protects people's lives, but when that person gives God what he deserves. So let us be realistic, wise, understanding, and do not worry about vaccination or the vaccine. You are going to die when the Lord 
wills it. The day that God, God has written in a book. The Lord has it written in a book, the date of your birth and the date in which you will perish. And what will you perish of and what way? All of that is written. And that no one is going to move that or break that. So why are you afraid? Do not be afraid. With a vaccine, nothing will happen. Nor will the illness go away or you will get the illness. But if there's a prevention in people's bodies, people who might walk wrongly before the Lord and maybe there will be illnesses that will come to them as a punishment perhaps, but we must always be attentive to the rules and laws that are given to us. Let us not be fanatics. Let us not exaggerate. Let us not think more than what we need to. So if you say, no, but the vaccine is, it's, it's, it's poisonous to our body. And if they say, no, it's not. Even if it is a poison, God's not going to allow that to be in you because you are going to be a person that is walking righteously. So the Lord will protect you. That is why the Lord Jesus told the apostles and those who believe in me, you will hold serpents and they will not hurt you. You will drink poisonous things and it will not hurt you. That is what the Lord said. So we are not going to distrust, but we are going to follow the rules and regulations. We are going to follow those regulations that teach that the government teaches and tells us. And someone told me, yes, but if the government is killing people and destroying people, then we also have to be with them as well and applauding them. That is what someone said to me. So it isn't this way. The governments aren't going to go to that extreme. That is not true because governments are always dealing with each other worldwide maybe there are some governments that are higher than others so not everyone can do what they want in that part in the human part but also with god god is not going to allow for in some places people are going to do things in such an extravagant way or to exaggerate or abuse their power that much where there's going to be an abuse god's not going to allow that as well so if we read in the bible we learn how god dealt with all of these situations when his people and other nations, how God blessed people and punished people and blessed the obedient one and punished the disobedient. God gave orders as well and people obeyed and others didn't obey and we see the consequences and the Lord would say, obey those kings because I'm going to place those kings as a punishment for a certain nation. So those kings were wicked, but the Lord had allowed it. So human beings cannot do anything. They cannot avoid it. But we might get enemies, people who criticize us, mock us. So let us be wise. Let us be practical, realistic. Do not worry. Do not worry because the vaccine is not going to do any bad. So there are some people who say, no, no, no. So. I don't know, in some places they say if you are not vaccinated, you cannot participate of this, this and that. You cannot, va you cannot participate. And that is where people become angry. Why are they going to make me? So I tell my beloved brothers and sisters, let us leave behind that stubbornness. We are in God's hands. 
and let us obey the government, the rules, the regulations. Let us obey them. And you'll see that we'll be happy and God is also pleased by all of these things. I hope that you're not going to take wrong what I just said. If someone interpreted this badly or I said something wrong, you can email me very well. But I to be to answer one by one, I think it's just better to answer to hundreds at once because I know that there are many who are here today with us and we are joyful with the Lord and the honor is for our Lord. Let us sing to the Lord. We are going to give the glory to our Lord. We are going to give thanks to our everlasting God. We are going to give thanks to our powerful God that lives forever, that manifests to that God, that real God, the glory and the honor is for him. Let us sing hymn number 33, which is titled, Come to the Savior. A Jesucristo ven sin tardar, que entre nosotros hoy Él está, y te convida con dulce afán, tierno diciendo Contigo estemos en comunión, gozando eterno bien. Piensa que el solo puede colmar tu triste pecho de gozo y paz. Y porque anhela tu bienestar, vuelve a decirte ven. Oh, cuán grata nuestra reunión, cuando haya Señor en tu mansión. Contigo estemos en comunión, gozando eterno bien. Su voz escucha sin vacilar y grato acepta lo que hoy te da. Tal vez mañana no habrá lugar, no te detengas, ven. Oh, cuán grata nuestra reunión, cuando haya Señor en tu mansión. Contigo estemos en comunión, gozando eterno bien. Blessed is our Lord, and we give thanks to the Lord for his mercy. Thanks to our Lord for having manifested in our lives. We are going to open up in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 14. 
And here in First Corinthians, Corinthians, it's the continuation of chapter 12, which speaks about the spiritual gifts. In the way that these spiritual gifts had to be used within the congregation. So let us not forget that the Holy Spirit is received within congregation even though there have been exceptions in which some brothers and sisters who are already in the congregation who have been there for a while and they are looking for the Holy Spirit they have received the Holy Spirit in their homes that has happened sporadically that is also correct but we do not advise people to look for the Holy Spirit in their homes because it is dangerous because in your home all of those who live with you in your home may not be from the church maybe there are people who do not have the maturity or the ability to understand and some deceitful spirits may come take that person and that person allows themselves to be deceived by the enemy that is why it is recommended and it is advised for it to be within congregation because there you have the help of all of the brothers and sisters and the preacher and those who prophesy you have the help to help this person when they are receiving the Holy Spirit do not forget that the evidence for you to know that you received the Holy Spirit is by speaking a different language a different different language than your native tongue. For example, if you speak Italian and you begin to speak in other tongues, other languages that is not Italian, then you are realizing you are receiving the Holy Spirit. Or if you are in Switzerland and you end up speaking a different language, it is speaking a different language from your natural language or your native language we speak about English and Spanish we talk about the English English which is the language here and Spanish in Latin America and so any other language that is not your own you receive the Holy Spirit because you're speaking in other tongues and other languages that is the evidence for you to know that you receive the Holy Spirit and it is recommended that we congregate so that there you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the spiritual gifts, and those spiritual gifts are administered so that those spiritual gifts work with people. So the Lord in His wisdom said that the temple had to be opened every day so that people may receive the spiritual gifts and also gave of what God had given them. So that is the reason of having the temple opened every day of the week not like at some point it was about one special day in in at a time it was Saturday where they only had to go and worship God on Saturdays and then other religions come and they say Sundays and it's only on Sundays and people got used to adoring God on Sunday but it turns out that we have to praise the Lord every day of the week but this is taught by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taught us these things and truly the Lord is wise because with those spiritual gifts for 
every week, once a week to go to the temple. When are we going to pray over people or people are going to pray for me? When? If it's just one day a week. So I want to clarify this to all of you, those who love to go only on Sundays. No. So there are people who cannot go and can only go on Sundays because they work or they study or they have small children that they have to take care of. But there are other people who can go every day of the week. If it was possible every day, well, that's beautiful. But God, God is very considerate with us, with our physical human side, and He always lets us get away with certain things like this. But the duty is that the temple must be opened every day so people can come. Today, some come, maybe tomorrow and the day after, others come because it is necessary for everyone to work those spiritual gifts and administer them. So I want that to be very clear for each and every one of you because there have people, there have been people who have criticized and say, oh, every day, what do you mean every day? And they would say, no, every day, no way. In my church, it's every week, every Sunday. No, no. For our God with the spiritual gifts, no. That has to be constantly done. We must always be with the Lord and in harmony with the Lord. So here we know that we must look for the Holy Spirit in this time during the pandemic. It's a little bit difficult to be able to congregate everyone to receive the Holy Spirit, but we are seeing a solution to the situation. So once those temples are opened and everyone is organized, we are able to do and have the services as we had before. Then everyone can go and congregate to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit because we must look for it every time, every worship service, looking for the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. And we have said, the apostle says in verse 1, to pursue love. We must pursue love. We know what love is. We know that love is to not live in sin. That is what love is. Because if there is a marriage, a couple, a married couple, and the husband was unfaithful, looked for another woman, and began to fall in adultery, and perhaps the wife realizes this, and the problem ha begins in that marriage because of that adultery, and he says, please forgive me, I won't do it again. This happened, I don't know what happened, and he repents, doesn't do it again. So what does the Lord do? Perhaps the Lord is going to punish. And I'm speaking about a marriage within the church. The Lord might punish him because he committed this sin. And if he repents truly, then the Lord will help him to change. So surely he will change and he will not do this again. But it, it just so happens, and on the contrary, that if this, this marriage, he falls in adultery and he likes it and continues and continues and never changes and continues in this sin, then the poor sister, the wife, our sister, his wife, will be upset and sees that he goes with another and another and another. That is a very serious matter because that means that he is living in sin constantly. And if he is living in that sin constantly, then we say that he does not have love. That man does not have love because he is making his wife, his children, his family, his friends, and all of those who find out 
they suffer and they suffer seeing that situation they are sad so he does not have love he does not have love because he is living in adultery it says in verse 1 pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially it says here that you may prophesy that you may prophesy in in some religions Christian religions some religions that are Christian all of Christian religions they people call them that they are evangelical churches or religion oh okay you're evangelical so we're not going to say that we are called evangelical so I say in some religions that are Christians where they read the Bible they say some don't believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit or they do not believe in the spiritual gifts or they do not believe in the spiritual gift of prophecy because they say no that does not exist that was from the beginning but not anymore because that God doesn't have that power anymore and they forgot that in the Bible the Lord says that he is the same yesterday today that he is the same with his power his manifestation he is the same way the way he speaks the way that he manifests to people he is the same yesterday he was the same yesterday he is the same today he speaks to men and women he blesses he punishes he gives a lot he gives a little he takes away life he gives life he gives happiness he takes away peace according to their behavior and their works he is the same yesterday today and forever and ever and they forgot that he did not run out of power but these spiritual gifts are forever and they only end the day that our Lord Jesus Christ comes when he comes in the clouds and takes his church and until that day that is when the spiritual gifts end tongues prophesying all of that will end but since the Lord has not come yet this is lively these spiritual gifts are here this is a recommendation for those who say are Christians to please read once again and to soften your hearts and ask the Lord and you will see that God seeing the heart of a person who is humble God will teach them so if you do not want to learn from what we teach then ask the Lord and learn from God directly but have a humble heart and a simple heart therefore otherwise God is not going to listen so it says in the first verse that we must prophesy overall that we must prophesy that is the most important thing out of all of the spiritual gifts in the church this is the most important one prophecy and here it speaks about why for he who speaks in a tongue or in another language as I said does not speak to men but to God so those tongues are tongues or languages that are words of praise for the Lord when someone is speaking in other languages when they are praying and praising the Lord and they begin to speak in other languages and tongues those are languages words of worship for the Lord that the Holy Spirit is giving to us so that we may praise the Lord the Holy Spirit helps us to praise the Lord praise the Lord and glorify him so it says 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Yes, he speaks mysteries, words of, of worship, many different mysterious words that we don't know. Very well. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So those who have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, because after receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you continue to speak in tongues, some more than others. Some speak very little. Others speak a lot, like me. I speak a lot in tongues. And it says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He edifies himself. So he edifies himself. Do you know what my edification? I speak in tongues. So when I begin to pray to the Lord, I begin to speak in tongues. And sometimes I cannot speak in Spanish or I cannot pray because those tongues are there and I cannot pray. But you know what makes me, what I think of in that moment? My comfort is that God exists. My comfort is that a supreme being, a supernatural being, there is a supernatural being that is with me. And uh, I speak to him, and he doesn't respond right away, but I can't speak in Spanish when I pray. So it is a supernatural being. He is next to me. He is near me, and I press forward because he is with me. That is my edification, my spiritual edification that I receive in that moment. In that moment, because I hear people in the world say, no, they are atheists in that nation and they don't believe in God and children are born and they don't have the idea of God and that hurts me and that gives me so much sadness. And I say, Lord, all of these things, it wouldn't be, they also, they try to make people doubt. But when I speak in tongues, I say, Lord, you exist. You are truth. You are reality. Yes, Lord, you are a reality. Who is going to make me tongue-tied or speak a different language if not you? That is my edification, my spiritual edification. That's what that is. So it says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. My spiritual life grows. My spiritual life continues there lively. Glory be to the Lord. But he who prophesies edifies the church. He who prophesies edifies the church. And it's true. Because the brothers and sisters who are here with me, all of you, why are you here in this place congregated? Who told you to come and to tell you to stay here? He convinced you, right? God convinced you through what? The spiritual gift of prophecy. He convinced you and here you are. Not because I invited you or I told you that I was going to give you gifts or nothing like that. But because the Holy Spirit spoke to you through prophecy and you were convinced and you are here and in love with the Lord. So the spiritual gift of prophecy edifies the church. And so some of you surely any day you might be sick and you are sad because you are sick or because the doctor says that you have an illness, a terminal illness, and you were upset and you became so sad and said, I am going to church so that the Lord may speak to me. 
I am going to go for the Holy Spirit to come and speak to me and say something because I want him to say something to me. And you come here to the church and a brother or sister who has the spiritual gift of prophecy lays hands, gives you prophecy, and the Holy Spirit says, do not worry because I am with you and I'm going to take away that illness. I'm going to help you and I'm going to heal you. You leave happy. You are edified. Your spiritual life is edified. Sadness and worry goes away and you have hope that God is going to help you. Your spiritual life is edified. So you see, that is what edifying means. To add. What did you add and build your hope, your your hope for God, your happiness comes back, your sadness goes away, you stop crying and suffering because God made you a promise through the spiritual gift of prophecy and your spiritual life is edified. You continue forth. You press forward. And not just with an illness. There's not a job. There's, no, no, there's nothing to eat. There is no money. We don't have anything to eat. We only had food until today. We don't know what we're going to eat tomorrow. And perhaps God prepares someone to go and give you food. So when that happens, the person says, I'm going to go to church to see what God says to me. And the Holy Spirit says, do not worry. I'm going to provide food for you. And I'm going to nourish you. And I'm going to also give you a job. I'm going to open doors so that you may work and you will lack nothing. And just like that, God moves hard. Someone comes, brings you food, a, a package of food, and you are edified in your spiritual life because you say, thank you, God, because I did not go to sleep without eating. I did not die of hunger, but you gave me this and supplied this because you told me through prophecy. You promised me and you are fulfilling it. That is called what? Being edified. Being edified. Prophecy or those who prophesy, they edify the church. They edify the church. I have so many personal testimonies, but I would like to talk about what other people have lived when someone was threatened and someone was going to poison them and take away their life and this person was anguished and one prays and the Holy Spirit tells them, no, no one is going to poison you. No one is going to take your life. I'm going to protect you. Don't worry. I'm going to make you invisible. I am going to make you invisible and you will pass through your enemies and no one will see you. And that is what happened. And that is what happened. That person left with that hope and that trust and that happiness that God was going to protect him and keep him because he saw his death there. He saw it so close. But he walked by them, his enemies, and no one recognized him. And he was protected and kept because God said, and he said it in prophecy, and this person was edified. His spiritual life was edified because he felt happy, joyful, trusting in the Lord, believing in God. His faith grew, increased. His faith in God increased when he saw everything that God had promised came true. And the Lord did save him. And 
when we read in the Bible, the apostle Peter was imprisoned and being in jail, an angel came and the angel said, an angel came, he didn't see that it was an angel with wings as people imagine. No, it was just, it seemed like a common man, a, a guard. It was a guard, a guard. And the guard came, but that guard was an angel of the Lord. And he had keys, opened the door and said, Peter, go, go. And he went, he left. And Peter realized that that guard was an angel of God. And so Peter's life was edified because the Lord said, I'm going to protect you because you must work for me until the day that I have set. And Peter left happily. His spiritual life was edified. His hope increased. His trust increased. He had more conviction, more certainty to teach, to preach, and to tell people that things are this way, that God lives, that God is power. That with God, with God, we do not lose. With God, we can do anything. He is the powerful one. So our spiritual lives, the spiritual life of that person increases. It is edified. It grows. That is what it means to edify. So here... It says, who prophesies edifies the church. I think that, I don't think that many of you meditated and reflected on this. You did not think of this. That, oh yes, yes, to edify, to put a brick upon another brick another, upon another brick. No. What is the result of edification? How many times have you been edified by the Holy Spirit? Thousands of times. Thousands of times we have been edified because the Lord has us here. How many times have people wanted to to commit suicide and they're about to do it and the Lord says, no, do not do that because I have a plan, a marvelous plan with you and you will serve me and I'm going to help you and I'm going to give you happiness. And the person repents of committing suicide and says, yes, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to wait and trust in him. He is edified with prophecy. He is edified with prophecy. Let us continue. If we're going to continue being edified with prophecy, we're never going to finish. Verse 5. The apostle says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. The apostle says, I wish that all spoke with tongues. I'd like that. I would like that. But even more that you prophesied. I would like it even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater, not the person, that the person is more important. It's more important, the spiritual gift of prophecy within any man, man or woman, it is much more important, the spiritual gift of prophecy for he who prophesies is greater, not the person, not the human that is superior to someone else, but the spiritual gift of prophecy is greater, more important within any brother or sister that goes and prophesies and comforts and God takes away sins. For example, someone is in sin. Someone might be in sin and the Holy Spirit says, stop sinning. Stop being envious. Stop being as some I once prayed over young people and the Lord said you are thieves you steal you always steal apart from that 
separate from that because you will be going to jail if you do that. Do not do that. Do not do that because everyone's going to end up in jail and you're going to be there for many years. So those young people got up because I closed my eyes because I was fearful that they were going to punch me. I thought they were going to hit me because I had prophesied these things. So I asked the Lord to help me and I didn't open my eyes when I finished prophesying. I didn't open my eyes, but I closed my eyes and I went to the next person really quickly to prophesy to them. But I saw the shadows as I... You, when your eyes are closed, you see the shadow. So I saw the shadow and I saw that they got close to me and they tried to look, they looked at me to see if they knew me or if I knew them. But they left astonished by that prophecy. So they did not obey. They did not obey the Lord. They did not obey. And what happened? A few days later, they ended up in jail and they were condemned for having done this plan that they had and they went through with it and they went to jail. What does the Lord do? What does God do with the spiritual gift of prophecy? He delivers. He comforts. He blesses. He takes people away from sin saying, do not sin, do not do this, do not do that, don't sin because you're going to suffer for being in that sin constantly. So that is what it's called to edify, to take away the wickedness of the person and for God to give them something good to become so that they may become righteous and good for society. That is why the apostle says that the spiritual gift of prophecy is greater or more important than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets those who speak in tongues may interpret the tongues so that the church may be edified. But if they don't know the interpretation, then they do not continue to speak in tongues out loud because everyone speaking in out loud in tongues and it would be disorderly but the apostle says let us not be disorderly if you speak in tongues speak quietly that would be the prudent thing to do to speak softly and if you prophesy yes of course prophecy because that is the one that edifies prophecy takes people away from sin and gives them blessings from God and prophecy does it all so you see how different it is prophecy versus giving a sermon from the pulpit because there are also religions Christian religions that read the Bible that say that prophecy is that the pastor stands up here on the pulpit and begins to give a teaching saying we are going to speak about Mark chapter 13 we are going to read about the signs of the end of times and they begin to say a few words and he says that is prophecy they say that that is prophecy and that is a great lie because that is not prophecy. You are reading a passage of the Bible and giving an explanation in their own way, perhaps. And they say that's prophecy. And then they say, no, God reveals to me that some of you have a certain denomination of bill in your pocket. Who's not going to have a $20 bill? Right? So they say, God revealed that someone has a $20 bill here and you have to bring it here. No, well, that's just 
absurd because of course someone has it a $20 bill in their pocket and that's not prophecy some people might say God reveals to me that one of you are living in adultery but he doesn't say who but he says among you well with a lot of people it's probable that it's not just one but many that are living in adultery and they call that prophecy those are lies that is not prophecy that is not edify but on the contrary it would be embarrassing in the congregation to go and call out someone who is living in adultery in the middle of the whole congregation the person gets up and leaves and they say they embarrass me no that is not prophecy to be here on the pulpit preaching whoever it may be that is preaching that is not a prophet they are not the one who are prophesying no they are a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist the spiritual gift of prophecy is given yes the spiritual gift of prophecy is given to the pastor is given to the wife of the pastor the children the whole congregation the spiritual gift of prophecy many brothers and sisters have it in the church because the Lord is not partial but he sees hearts and gives the spiritual gift of prophecy to many people because it is the main spiritual gift and uh, many prophesy but when do we prophesy in the worship service we are praising and we begin to speak in tongues and afterwards prophecy comes and if we are going to prophesy to someone then the one who has a spiritual gift of prophecy that man or woman lays hands on someone and then the word comes out because the Holy Spirit makes that person takes their tongue to begin to speak that is the Holy Spirit that is speaking to this other person saying you you are living with two women it should be only one because living with two means that you are living in adultery so so separate and live with just one that is what the holy spirit is saying to that person because it's the holy spirit that knows each person's lives not human beings other people's lives that is the spiritual gift of prophecy that the holy spirit speaks the depth of their heart because for me to say, among all of you who are here, there is someone who cannot sleep at night. And surely it is not just one, it's many. But many people say, oh yes, that's true. Oh, they prophesied that I'm the person that can't sleep at night. No, that that is not prophecy. So we must not allow ourselves to be deceived because the devil wants to deceive us, to deceive people so that we do not continue following the parameters the way the true way of the lord the devil wants to imitate he wants to speak a lot and make people trip with his different silly false different vocabulary there are some there is some vocabulary that they use that is uh, rhetoric to try to convince someone that the power of God does not exist, that it doesn't manifest, that what the Bible mentions here, they say, no, it's not like this because they use different theories and they use different arguments and reasons to try to make them fall and falter. And so they say, oh, he's right, because then that means that this doesn't exist. So this is no longer true. So people want to invent they want to invent and make up different reasons and saying that they are prophesying. So there are some places that say, no, the only one that prophesies in my congregation is the 
preacher, the pastor, he is the only one who can prophesy. So here it does not say that it's only the preacher who prophesies, but the whole church. It says it here in verse Verse 6, when the Apostle Paul is teaching here that tongues are important in the church, it's important to speak in tongues, but also the most important thing is the spiritual gift of prophecy. And it says here in verse 6, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, of course, the Apostle Paul was saying that he would get up on the pulpit to preach and to teach and he wouldn't speak if he would speak in tongues and speaking in tongues and everyone was listening in tongues and no one understood so he says what shall i profit what shall i profit what shall i profit you unless i speak to you either with with his native language by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching. If I do not speak to you by prophesying, for example, that he might tell the congregation, the Lord revealed to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and revealed to me that he was going to do this and that, he would be blessing and doing these things, that he was going to be helping, that he was going to bless this people, he was going to bless certain people. Those were experiences that he lived and the Lord revealed to him and he stands at the pulpit and tells people and shares these experiences with them. Or with doctrine, with the Bible, with the knowledge of God, teaching people to know God, to how to follow God, how what it is to love and to please the Lord. If he doesn't do that when he's in the pulpit or and let's say he just speaks in tongues and speaks in tongues that also wasn't right to do this we had to have wisdom for everything so the apostle paul says no in verse 7 says even things without life things without life inanimate things even things without life whether flute or harp when they make a sound if you use them they make a sound that's what it would be like if he were at the pulpit only speaking in tongues all the time just speaking in tongues no one was going to understand him it would be this way to just as if i was playing a flute or a harp without any harmony or any musical notes so he says place wisdom upon everything but spiritual gift of prophecy that one is important because it's not about speaking in tongues but prophesying that the Holy Spirit uses the mouth of that person to speak to another and in verse 8 for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound who will prepare for battle those are the examples verse 9 says so likewise you unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand how will it be known what is spoken for you will be speaking into the air. So it happens, brothers and sisters, that we, having learned these things, because we have learned this for many years, since we have already learned that, that it seems badly for us to be on at the pulpit speaking in tongues or even within the congregation on the night of worship services when we're congregated as a church and we all begin to speak in tongues out loud, then no one is going to be edified. 
the person who is speaking in tongues is being edified by no one else and it becomes disorderly but if the spiritual gift of prophecy is administered it is better it's not that you shouldn't speak in you shouldn't speak in tongues it's not prohibited you must you must speak in tongues but it should be softly softly because I don't need for anyone else to hear what my tongues are or the languages are. No one needs to know or hear me. I speak them softly and I am edified and I speak to the Lord. So that is what we all do. But prophecy, we must lay hands and give prophecy. So prophecy isn't that I should speak at that to that person in their ear there are many people who have done it this way because there are a lot of people and they do it prudently so that people don't hear the prophecy that this person is giving but it that is not correct either prophecy should be a safe distance about 20 centimeters perhaps 20 centimeters of a distance your mouth you should be far away laying hands and someone might say they come and there are people bothered because they say, I don't like it when they speak into my ear. And so we must be prudent as well. So if you don't want anyone to hear your, your prophecy, go, let us go far away from everyone else. And I will lay hands. I will give you prophecy, but I cannot get close to you. So I'm, you stay apart about 20 centimeters, maybe about 12 inches away to give prophecy so people that is the spiritual gift of prophecy but we must lay hands because there are some people who do not allow laying on of hands there are some people that come to church and say pray for me give me prophecy but don't put your hands on my head because you will give me bad energy that is what people say you will give me a bad energy but what bad energy what bad energy we don't have anything as human beings we don't have anything. We are not anything. We have our body, our, our blood flowing, and our natural heat. But we don't have any positive or negative things to give to people. We have God. We have the knowledge of God in our heart, in our spirit. Spiritually, we have God. Spiritually, we teach people that God exists so God tells me, lay hands on that person. And when you lay hands, then I'm going to do the miracle. So when I lay hands on that person, it is not my energy. As the world says, the world says it's their vibes or energy. They have a lot of vibes or energy. That is a lie. That is an invention made up by the devil. What I have is obedience to the Lord because God says, lay hands on on their head for healing and I will do the miracle so I obey I obey either way the Lord can do the miracle without the laying on of hands God can do that miracle for that person but because God wants to use us human beings as instruments in God's hands that is why he says you do these things not because you're powerful not because you all have a lot of power or you have the power no no spiritual gifts no it is I but I want you to obey me is what he says so lay hands yes Lord I will and the Lord does the miracle so people might say oh the the hands of that woman are so powerful that my pain went away no it was God 
What we do is obey. We are those tools, those instruments in God's hands. The same goes with our mouth. Not all the time we are prophesying. We prophesy in the moment that the Holy Spirit takes our tongue to speak and speaks to that person. In the moment that the Holy Spirit takes my hands to lay hands on someone for healing, that is the moment that the Holy Spirit wants to take us to do a blessing or something good to someone else. That He is the one who does all of these things, but He wants to use us as tools so that we may do a job for the Lord, so we may work for Him. In this way, in this way is how the spiritual gift of prophecy is. So let us not be confused with the preacher who is here preaching, giving a sermon. No, he is not the one who is prophesying to people. He is giving a sermon, as the apostle says here. And it says, in verse 10, it says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Letting us know that spiritual languages, those angelical tongues, do have a, me a meaning, a significance. But if the Lord gives the spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues, there would be an interpretation of what they're saying. But if the Lord doesn't give that gift to anyone, then that person only speaks in tongues for themselves, they edify themselves, and they do it softly. In verse 12, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, so you are zealous for spiritual gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So it says, you are zealous for spiritual gifts and let it be that you may have those spiritual gifts, many gifts, that each person may have many spiritual gifts because that can happen. It's not just one that someone can receive. Many people can receive many. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Let us remember a passage where our Lord Jesus Christ said that he was raising his church without blemish, a perfect church for himself. So for that said day, so that he may betroth that church to celebrate the wedding feast of the lamb that speaks, that is spoken about in Revelation. And the Lord is preparing his church. And if the people say that God is tired and the Holy Spirit is no longer around and the spiritual gifts do not exist, then what church is the Lord preparing? Then there will be no wedding feasts. So why do we read the Bible or Revelation if, if none of this is going to happen and God is tired and he doesn't have power anymore and doesn't manifest. So where are the wedding feasts that the, Revelation, the book of Revelation speaks of if God doesn't give spiritual gifts since it's no longer around, since it was only for antiquity? That is what people must think about with wisdom. Be logical, to have that logic, to have wisdom, right? To reason. Because here it says that those spiritual gifts, we must look for them 
and in all congregations in all the church around the world everyone must look for those spiritual gifts because they are for the edification of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ so each man and woman may apart from sin live in holiness so each person may live happily and be comforted so each person may have hope in the Lord and trust in God and have faith and believe and obey the Lord that is that growth that edification of the body of Christ so that people may apart from sin and to not live in sin that is what the spiritual gifts are for to help men and women to live a holy life that is how the body of Christ the church is made up of that the Lord mentioned so much in antiquity through prophets that he was going to raise his new people a new land a Zion Jerusalem that spiritual heavenly Jerusalem and Zion that must be fulfilled and those who and what does this work is the spiritual gift the Holy Spirit does this work with all the spiritual gifts that he gives to all of the believers that brothers and sisters is the reality that is the work of the Lord that those are the good tidings of salvation that is what the Lord said that would come for the future the good tidings the new method of salvation we must look for the spiritual gifts because we must perfect ourselves to live a holy life the spiritual gifts will help us so here it says so verse 13 therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret so if I for if I pray in tongue my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful what is the conclusion then I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding so he was saying that according to his spiritual experiences since he also spoke in tongues a lot he would pray in tongues but he would also pray in his own native language and that he would also sing in spirit in tongues but also with his actual language he was singing to the Lord so that the whole church may hear and sing with him so all of this is a reality experiences beautiful experiences that I have lived as well so I understand the Apostle I have lived them because I also sing in tongues many different songs come in in tongues and so many different words the Lord gives me the melody but when I finish worship I forget everything I don't have anything that I can say I memorize something but every time that I pray and I let the Holy Spirit free and I allow and I'm able to speak in tongues and sing in tongues and you praise the Lord but you are the one that becomes edified you yourself but I'm always attentive to administer what God has given me to serve the brothers and sisters with the spiritual gifts to serve for example as it it says here with the laying on of hands that is pure obedience it's not that we have the energy or the power as people say but it's obedience the Lord tells me put your hand upon the corner of this desk for example I will do it so a miracle might happen and people might say oh my hand is miraculous no it is God it is the obedience that you give him I lived sadly for many years for a while because I could not lay hands 25 years seven days a week 
every day, 25 years, laying hands on people, giving prophecy, praying for people and giving prophecy. And I would give prophecy to many people, to many people. I remember on a Saturday, I traveled in Colombia and I went and I gave prophecy to 600 people. I gave prophecy that Saturday, one day. And that was my life. That's what I would do. And when, when my husband, Luis Eduardo, died, the Lord told me to take charge of the church. And I didn't know. I didn't understand to do what. What do I do now to continue forth? And I began to do the Bible studies because I said, well, what am I going to do? I haven't been preaching on a pulp at a pulpit so i'm going to do a bible study and we're going to read the bible and thanks be to the lord i have a lot of knowledge a global understanding and to understand and when people ask i am able to answer what god gives me whatever god gives me but i was very upset that i was no longer able to lay hands because the church grew it was too many people and it was impossible it was out of my hands to go and lay hands and prophesy so it was impossible because if I did that then I couldn't do the other I couldn't do the Bible study or I could not attend to people and and give advice to people so I was very upset that I could no longer lay hands but the Lord told me do not worry he told me do not worry because do not do it do not lay hands, do not prophesy to people, but do the Bible studies and pray a general prayer at the pulpit. When you do this general prayer, I will work and I will give miracles to people. That is what the Lord said to me. So I have done that so that sadness may go away and my lament that I could no longer do what I used to do. But the Lord truly has backed me the lord has done things the way he has promised because many people gave me testimonies that they had received miracles and blessings during that general prayer mine or during the bible study and the lord also told me when you are giving a bible study i am delivering many not all but some I am delivering them from witchcraft, from curses. I am taking away demons. That is what the Lord told me. And I have heard it. I've heard those testimonies of people that tell me that they are listening to Bible study and they have been delivered. And the Lord has healed them and has done miracles. So what the Lord has told me has been fulfilled. That is why I say that the power belongs to God. The power is not within us human beings. Within us, all we have is obedience to obey. Simply obey. And the Lord gave me that solution. And I give thanks to the Lord because he gave me that solution because I felt so sad for not being able to lay hands and prophesy to people. But the Lord told me, do it this way, and I have done it so, and the Lord has backed me, and I give thanks to the Lord for this. So, well, and there are other promises the Lord has given me, but I cannot tell them because, well, maybe later. Maybe I will tell other things the Lord has given told me and I've seen them fulfilled in my life that is where I have understood brothers and sisters that we as human beings we do not have any powers nothing without God normal human beings are the people of the world but with the Lord we are other people with the Lord 
the Lord says to us, go over there. The same way when Naaman, you remember the, the story of Naaman that said that he had leprosy? He had leprosy and he said, go to the prophet and the prophet comes that the prophet may come and pray for me. And so the servant went to the prophet and say, no, tell him to go and to go into the Jordan River seven times and that's it. Was it that the Jordan River was powerful? The Jordan River was so powerful. No wonder there is a country where the river supposedly is blessing and they put the dead in there and then they drink the water because it has miracles. Well, all of those things are lies because the devil is like that. The devil works this way. The devil works so much. And I think that out of the Jordan River, they also believe in... India or in Africa or in Asia there's supposedly a river that is sacred and they throw people who have died there and then people have to drink that water because it's blessed the devil is imitating what happened with the Jordan River because this man Naaman he was angry and he says what do you mean that the prophet is going to humiliate me instead of the prophet coming to me to pray for me why is he making me swim in that Jordan River Jordan River is small in my country there are better rivers than the Jordan River so why doesn't he make me go to the best river and not the Jordan River so the servant says he said Lord perhaps don't you think it's better to obey well, what is it to just go and dip yourself seven times in the river it's nothing just do it and he convinced him the Jordan River had power no it did not have power was it that those waters were blessed in the Jordan River no what was beautiful in that moment the order given and the obedience the order given by the prophet inspired by the Holy Spirit gave the order dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River and you are healed it was that that is what God wanted to teach man obey obey do not question do not ask do not say but why do I need to do so many things when it should be like this but the Lord does the miracle from heaven yes it's true but he wants to use his instruments the tools of the church they are men and women and God wants to use them he wants to use those tools, those instruments, because he can do the miracle from wherever he is. But he wants to use his tools. And is it that they are so powerful? No, it's not that they are powerful. It's the Holy Spirit that comes to this tool and starts to do many wonders because that is the job that God wants for his church. So Naaman was healed. Naaman was healed. He didn't have leprosy anymore. And because finally the servant convinced him to dip himself seven times in the river and he did so and he was healed of leprosy he was healed not because the river had power none of those things so us as human beings we don't have any vibes energies why are you going to be afraid to get laying on of hands nothing's going to stick to you maybe the sweat if the person's has sweaty palms or dirty but that that's that's what water and soap is for so why are you worried do not worry for that but what the devil does yes be scared or afraid of all those things those temptations and traps to make you 
deceive, to take you out of the church, to not believe in the word of God. The devil is there ready. Therefore, we are tools in God's hands. And since we no longer have time, we are going to leave the continuation of this teaching, although it's not so interesting, or maybe it is, I don't know. The thing is, my beloved brothers and sisters, some people say, we already knew that for so many years. Yes, but we must review, brothers and sisters, because we forget, and the Lord always has to repeat things, saying, continue, go forth, don't worry, don't worry, don't fear. The Lord always tells us, because our weak flesh is like that. So thank you all for listening to me, and I give thanks to the Lord for teaching us because the Lord is teaching us. I am learning. I learn a lot here because here is where the Lord reveals things to me. Here is where he gives me doctrine. Here, he doesn't give it to me anywhere else. I need to be before people with the Bible open for the Lord to manifest in my life and teach me. So I give thanks to the Lord for this. That is why I'm so joyful and happy being before you with a Bible open because this is where the surprises come and the Lord manifests within us. And a question that you may have or an inquiry or a doubt, then in this week you can ask me. And next week we will continue from which verse? Verse 16? Very well. We are going to... Yes, from verse 16 and on, because we do have a very key verse, and that key verse is very important for us to see it that if we all prophesied. So, brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you today. Those of you who are here with me as well, let us pray to the Lord. And later, at the end of the prayer, let us sing Chorus 29, which is titled, The Sweet Holy Ghost the Lord, the sweet Holy Ghost. I know that he is here. That is where the great blessing is. It says, don't you feel him here? The comforter, the helper that the Lord sent. So we must ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit with these teachings for us to take the opportunity to ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this wondrous blessing. Thank you, Lord, for this moment or for these moments that we have spent with you enjoying of the reflection of your word, enjoying of the doctrine and all that you taught the Apostle Paul, but also enjoying of all the new things you give us in these moments in real time in this century in which we live, O oh Lord. Because so many things have changed. Technology has advanced and science has advanced. But you are the same. You are the same doing miracles and works and manifesting to hearts of men and women of those who have set their heart for you, those who want, they want to open their hearts so that you may dwell. And you, O oh Lord, those marvelous promises 
that you have given to many and the manifestations and the fulfillment of your word that you have done as well and we are all before you before your presence enjoying of your power of your greatness of the spiritual gifts you were right O oh Lord more than 50 years ago when you spoke when you spoke and told us when we were praying for people praying and you the Holy Spirit told us continue praying because from this small congregation I would do a great one in Colombia and at the exterior as well I will bring many souls I will bring many people I will convert them it will be a very big church that is how you said it O oh Lord at that time we thought that we were living a dream we did not know a lot and we didn't know of your word or your doctrine but now O oh Lord we know more and we marvel our hearts are joyful our souls praise you O oh Lord of these great things of this mercy of this power of these great promises that you have done and that are being fulfilled and they will continue to be fulfilled day by day also Lord we have matured as well to be able to resist the attacks of the enemy the enemy's envy at that time we were like children and you protected us and you guided us with your hand but now you have allowed us to confront ourselves by by ourselves the enemy but we are confronting but you help us with your power you help us O Lord and you give us strength to resist the enemy and to win the battles thank you my Lord thank you my father thank you because all of these things I have lived in all my life the way in which you have been with us and you continue to help us and back us thank you Heavenly Father bless your church bless the congregation bless all of those who love you all of those who want to follow your path and those who want to do your will bless them deliver them protect them keep them O Lord and I also ask O Lord for all of those people who are sick men and women children who are sick who are hospitalized some have have left the hospital because you have healed them and delivered them thank you Lord deliver all of those people who are captured by the enemy those who have been persecuted by evil spirits by witchcraft and curses deliver deliver O Lord and cast away all witchcraft and curses and take away all curses O Lord there are many people over all women who write to me and tell me that they have been victims of witchcraft that they have had witchcraft on them they have been in the church for 10 years and they are still suffering these things this persecution this diabolic persecution and I tell them that by 10 years of being in the church they should be freed but surely they must not have repented or they do not live righteously before the Lord father these things teach so that people may understand and they may walk righteously but I also ask for mercy and that you may not take into account these things if they do not have faith or maturity or they live in weaknesses that it may be you 
overlooking these things and take away all of those curses and witchcraft and those disturbances of nightmares and spirits that torment deliver these people give them joy give them opportunities that they may reason and cry out to you and walk righteously before you and please you because you are worthy worthy of all of us to please you to worship you to bless you and to do the wills to do the works that you want us to do before you thank you lord in the glorious name of our lord jesus christ your beloved son bless all of the brothers and sisters bless those who are here with me as well that the blessing that your blessing may be for all thank you my lord in the name of jesus christ glory and honor are for you glory be to god yo sé que aquí está la gran bendición del consolador que el señor nos dio no la sientes tú ponte en comunión vete a la oración amén y habla con jesús vete a la oración amén y habla con jesús yo sé que aquí está la gran bendición del Consolador que el Señor nos dio, no la sientes tú, ponte en comunión, vete a la oración, amén, y habla con Jesús, vete a la oración, amén, y habla con Jesús. Glory be to my Lord. We give thanks to our Heavenly Father for His mercy and His love with us that the Lord has given us that opportunity to know Him. It is a great privilege that we all have. Therefore, may the glory and the honor be to the Lord. Thank you all. I am sorry for taking a while, but I give uh, hugs to all and kisses for the children. And may the Lord bless you all greatly.